This is a Federal News Network podcast. You might have heard the widely reported fact that the federal government has not suffered a major cybersecurity breach in a couple of years. My next guest argues, in reality, the government is as vulnerable as ever. In fact, he says agencies fail to meet even basic cybersecurity standards. Trevor Logan is Cyber Research Associate at the Foundation for the Defense of Democracies, and he joins me now. Trevor, good to have you in. Hey, thanks for having me. So, the government has FISMA. They have continuous diagnostics and mitigation. They have chief information security officers. They have cybersecurity job fairs. How can you say they're not even up on the basic cybersecurity standards? Well, those do address a lot of the higher-end issues, um, but what we're failing to meet is we're working on legacy systems. So a lot of those workers coming in are working on older systems that are not receiving uh, regular security patches from Windows or uh, the manufacturer of the software. Um, So they're not protected. They're very vulnerable in that regard. And we're still failing to meet the basic cybersecurity standards on a personnel level that really is the biggest attack vector for cyber attacks. Well, let's back up. There's a pretty extensive report out from the Foundation for the Defense of Democracies. And how did you go about the research to come up with these conclusions? Uh, So the conclusions were reached based on a committee report that was released earlier this year that looked at eight uh, specific agencies, looked at their systems, how old they were, um, how vulnerable they were to cyber breaches. And it found that in a lot of cases, They were out of date. They were not receiving regular security patches um, or they were just so old that no one um, in the current workforce was able to properly maintain them. Well, the question is, with some of these really old legacy systems, and yes, there are quite a bit of them, they were programmed in languages uh, many years ago that may not even have cyber vulnerabilities if they're not on the internet or mm-hmm. what's what's the mechanism so the problem is uh, is twofold one is um, they're not receiving regular patch updates so the vulnerabilities that are inherent um, wherever the last patch was issued are still there um, so as long as the attacker knows what patch that uh, system is running on they have a leg up on figuring out which vulnerabilities are exposed on that system. Um, And then the second fold is uh, because a lot of those systems are older, a lot of the new uh, cyber workforce doesn't know how to work on them. Um, So when they go to patch those systems, they're already at a disadvantage because they have to try and, you know, uh, figure out what language they're working in and then try and figure out what the vulnerabilities are on that system. And what are the agencies involved here? So most notably, uh, there was the Social Security Administration, the uh, Department of Transportation, uh, Housing and Urban Development, and the Department of Education. And these are departments that have a lot of personal information in those old systems. And I think the Education Department has something like almost $2 trillion worth of financial information regarding student loans. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Uh, Personally identifiable information on a, a multitude of um, different aspects of uh, U.S. citizens. But talking about Social Security for a minute, you don't think that they have the latest kinds of protections on on their core system for issuing Social Security checks and maintaining all of those? Now they have people sign in and make your own My Social Security account, that type of thing, and Veterans Affairs? So there are protections um, on the uh, payment and distribution side of it. 
Uh, but the simple fact of it remains that the social security number is very difficult to change, and it's not meant for um, the types of identification that we use it for. Um, it was primarily set up as a way to um, prepare for your retirement. We're speaking with Trevor Logan, Cyber Research Associate at the Foundation for the Defense of Democracies. And the other, one of the findings you've been looking into is the fact that there are still Windows XP running. Is that actually the case? Yes, um, and sometimes even even worse so. Um, I've heard stories of government workers working on Windows 98, um, which is shocking to say the least. That's been, yeah, discontinued and unsupported now for probably 15 years yeah, in that case. exactly. Well, then, I guess the question becomes, what's the, what's the answer to all of this? What's the remedy for this type of preponderance of ancient systems that are not patched? So uh, there are several fold or several uh, issues to contend with. There are uh, boutique systems that work on uh, proprietary software that's developed for that agency, um, that needs to be updated. Um, so whatever existing contract they're, they're working on, um, there is just simply upgrading those systems, um, you know, moving from Windows XP to Windows 10, and then uh, just raising the general cyber awareness that it's, you know, it's not just a uh, organizational issue, it's a, it's a personnel issue. What about the idea of either factoring them, I think is what the software coders call it, or somehow encapsulating them, putting them in a cloud and accessing them that way. Is that a cyber route to, to better security? Uh, in a way, yes. Um, putting you know something in a cloud environment does upgrade the security around that system, uh, but they'll still run into issues with um, you know systems falling into disrepair, maintenance issues, things like that. Um, that. Those things will still be persistent in a cloud environment. Well, next on deck in the calendar is National Cybersecurity Awareness Month, in which the government is telling everybody else to be cyber secure, you've been looking at an event, the Cyber Solarium. What's going on there? Yes. So my boss, uh, Dr. Samantha Ravitch, is one of the commissioners on the uh, Cyber Solarium Commission. Uh, We are doing a similar event to the original Solarium event uh, back in 1953. Um, That is... uh, 53? mm -hmm, Looking to do what we did for U.S. nuclear policy, to do the same thing with U.S. cyber policy. Uh, so that event will actually transpire in October of this year, and then we'll be looking to release a report in uh, uh, springtime of 2020. Trevor Logan is Cyber Research Associate at the Foundation for the Defense of Democracies. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. We'll post this interview along with a link to his report at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. Ricola. It's in our nature. Top tech companies like Intel have a secret to their success. They get the best talent, reliable infrastructure, and save on costs by expanding in Ohio, the new Silicon Heartland. Learn how your business can succeed in Ohio. Visit successinohio.com.